I am excited uh, with the opportunity to speak with writer and general, journalist and author Neil Thompson, uh, who's written for all kinds of different publications and has written a book which I read and enjoyed very much called Light This Candle, The Life and Times of Alan Shepard, who was, of course, the first American in space. Uh, his most recent book is a very interesting one about uh, several topics uh, about which I know very, very little. I know a lot more now, having read Driving with the Devil, Southern Moonshine, Detroit Wheels, and The Birth of NASCAR. And uh, NASCAR, this enormously popular sport, uh, has roots dating back to the days of Prohibition and just after. And uh, it's actually, uh, in many respects, kind of a dark and unsavory sort of past, uh, one with which uh, the, the leaders of NASCAR are not particularly comfortable, but we can read all about it in Neil Thompson's fascinating new book published by Three Rivers Press. And Neil Thompson, we welcome you to The Morning Show. Thanks, Greg. Happy to be here and have a chance to talk to you about Driving with the Devil. So how does one bounce from uh, a book about uh, an upstanding American like Alan Shepard to uh, writing about moonshiners and unsavory characters in your book Driving with the Devil? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's actually, I've convinced myself there's a connection between the two because uh, Alan Shepard, like a lot of the, uh, the moonshiners slash stock car racers that I describe in the book, uh, you know, these were guys who, who, who lived for adventure, who were fearless and, uh, and in, some, in some ways a little bit crazy, too, uh, you know, in, in terms of their death-defying feats. Um, but I, I guess I started the project like you. I, I, I wasn't necessarily a NASCAR fan, didn't know much about the sport. I tell folks all the time I'm, I'm from New Jersey, so I, I'm, uh, I wasn't surrounded by the, the culture of NASCAR growing up. But I have noticed that... Uh, American culture has become more NASCARized in in the past few years, and and I, I've become fascinated with the explosion of the sport, and wanted to dig deep into its roots and find out where and how and why it all began. Um, and I, early on, I, I learned that there was this uh, moonshining element to the early days, but I never uh, found a good. Uh, historical explanation for, you know, what exactly was the role that Moonshine played. Um, I think a lot of books that I, uh, I have found ab about the history of NASCAR, they start in around 1948, which is when NASCAR as a corporation was formed, and this guy Bill France was the first president, and Bill France typically gets credit for being the, quote, founder of NASCAR. Well, in fact, you, you suggest in the, at the very beginning of your book that, that he very deliberately sort of erased what had been uh, the, sort of the previous history of, of the undertaking, I mean, and, and, and really wanted the world to forget about its sort of unsavory earliest chapters and, and think about it from that glowing moment onward. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think NASCAR has strived to maintain that version of, uh, of, the, of the story of the, the creation of the sport to this day. Um, they don't entirely deny the the moonshining element but uh but nor do they by any means embrace it um i found it to be the most fascinating aspect of the history of the sport and so what i try and do in the book is go back 10 years before nascar's creation and tell the story of how over the subsequent 10 years it, it sort of in in fits and starts came to be and i focus on this small group of moonshiners who were some of the first and best racers mechanics car owners, um, and, and probably the guy who emerges as, as the main character of the book is a guy named Raymond Parks, 
who was a moonshiner from Atlanta, left home at age 14 uh, to become a moonshiner's apprentice and worked in the hills outside of Atlanta for a few years before striking out on his own as a, as a teenager and, and uh, became a, a very wealthy and very successful moonshiner who had a crew of drivers working for him, some of them cousins and relatives, uh, uh, became very wealthy and then started getting into racing, allowing his drivers, you know, after they had delivered their load of whiskey on a Friday or Saturday night, to race those same cars on the racetrack uh, uh, on a Sunday. And, and that's really how a lot of it began. Some mm. of the some of the first racers, you know, more than half the uh, the competitors in those races were were moonshiners driving their whiskey cars, which they had souped up so that they could get away from from federal agents while they were delivering their product. One of the things your book talks about is moonshine itself and uh, its importance in early American history. I mean, long before uh, prohibition, actually. I guess first of all, we should clarify that uh, I think when we're talking about moonshine, we're talking about homemade whiskey exactly yeah yeah and and i am fascinated with that aspect of the story and so i i try to not to make the book much of a history lesson but i think knowing where moonshine came from originally helps inform the story of how nascar came to be because uh moonshine whiskey did play a significant role at various stages of American history. And so I, I, I feel that the book in some ways touches on these unique slices of, of the American story. So Absolutely. A little bit more than just a NASCAR story. Sure. You, you talk of how it was uh, it, it, at certain junctures in history and in certain regions a very important part of the economy. And you even tell us that in certain remote places where potable water was, was very, very scarce, uh, maybe and also in big cities where perhaps the drinking water was uh, often tainted, that sometimes uh, it was moonshine that was uh, the most readily available thing to drink. Yeah, I mean moonshine whiskey in various forms, and and in the Northeast it might have been in it might have been rum, which is you know just a different version of a, of a of a similar uh, product, but. Uh, it, it, it played a significant role in the daily lives of of of, America, of Americans in the 1700s and 1800s. I described too how it was at times used as an antiseptic on people, or or uh, used uh, as an anesthetic of sorts during wartime. Um, soldiers in the in in both the Revolutionary War and the Civil War were given rations of whiskey. Um, I explore a little bit too uh, the the role that moonshine whiskey played in the creation of the IRS. The, you know, the IRS was created to collect taxes, and one of the main taxes uh, of the um, late 1800s was was the whiskey tax. Um, and uh, I, I think too the the culture that it has emerged uh, in the in, in that moonshining world is, and it's a very southern sort of attitude. It, it, it's you know, this is my product that I grew from my own corn, and, and uh, you know, the federal government has no stake in this. So there's that sort of us versus the, the man attitude that uh, is part of the history of moonshine, and I think it also plays a role in, in sort of the attitude of NASCAR itself as mm. it's getting underway in the 1930s and 1940s. Of course, part of the uh, uh, story is also of... First of all, the creation of the automobile and the uh, gradual uh, improvement and perfection of, of this new invention, chiefly by Henry Ford, who you tell us very early on, right around the turn of the century, was already turning to racing as a very effective means uh, 
to advertise the automobile, to uh, get people excited about it, uh, never realizing that he was also helping lay the groundwork for uh, what was uh, going to come along with the earliest days of NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. And, and I'm sort of fascinated by the role that Henry Ford plays in, in bits and pieces through, throughout the early history of uh, both the evolution of stock cars in general and then the creation of, of the sport of NASCAR not to mention the spread of moonshine whiskey throughout the South, which was helped by his uh, powerful, affordable cars. So, so I do tell bits of uh, Henry Ford's story. I think it's fascinating, too, in terms of the evolution of the car and, and later the evolution of racing, that you know, Henry Ford built these things, uh, and, and when people started driving and buying his cars, there was no such thing as a, for example, gas station or, or a local mechanic. Those are careers that evolved in response to Henry Ford's creation and then the creation of other cars by other manufacturers. Um, but in the South, you know, there was this, this fascinating emergence of, of the mechanic who took Henry Ford's cars, you know, disassembled them, put them back together, experimented on them, tried all these wacky creations and inventions to make them go faster. And for the moonshiners, this was, this was a life or death thing uh, to, to help their cars go faster, you know, make them strong enough to carry a load of whiskey and, and still survive on these rutted back roads of the South so that they could deliver their product intact and not get caught by the law and, and sent to prison, which happened often. But, you know, it was a, it was a real life-or-death endeavor to, uh, to, to work on Henry's, Henry Ford's car. So, but I just love the role that he plays as this accidental co-conspirator in, uh, in the spread of moonshine whiskey as well as the... Uh, the creation of NASCAR, especially him being a bit of a prude and a, and a Puritan and a, and a strict prohibitionist. Well, he certainly was. In fact, you tell of uh, his strict policies of, of absolutely no drinking allowed among the employees in his factories and this and that, and how he was indeed a very active figure in prohibition, uh, even after prohibition was repealed. And uh, and so it, it uh, had to be galling for him to have sort of inadvertently helped invent uh, the perfect getaway car, uh, in the perfect delivery car, first the Model T, then the Model A, and then the V8, which of course is what really sets a lot of this uh, in motion. One of the Absolutely. most interesting, one of the most interesting stories you tell is is giving us kind of some of the details by which some of these uh, really famous uh, moonshiners would actually manage to get away from the law. I mean, right down to almost the smallest details about what they would do when they would come upon. Uh, uh, a cluster of of police vehicles uh, intended on uh, on stopping them in their tracks. I mean, this uh, is some exciting stuff to read. Yeah, it's, it, and it's remarkable to, to to think about how they how they achieve some of these things um, at that day and time, uh, especially on some of these uh, again rutted uh, backcountry roads. I think what you're referring to is this this maneuver that they called the bootlegger turn, where uh, a moonshiner with a load of whiskey might be traveling down the road, uh, heading toward Atlanta, for example, and they'll see up ahead the, 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 the flashing lights of a roadblock. <clears throat> and what they would do was immediately slam on the brakes, spin the wheel, um, so that the car spun instantly from, from, as I describe it in one chapter, you know, going 80 miles an hour forward to, to 80 miles an hour backward. Um, they would pull on the emergency brake to help create that spin, uh, sliding backwards, and they would punch the accelerator, 
um, shooting out this plume of, uh, of roadbed um, backwards at the, uh, the cops who were lined up behind them and uh, come to this barely perceptible stop before shooting back forward again. And if it's done well and, and correctly, then you know they'd be a mile ahead of the cops before they've ever put their cars into gear. But uh, it took a lot of skill. And, and what I found very interesting is that those kinds of skills are exactly what these guys needed to succeed on the racetrack. All the racetracks of the day were dirt up until 1950, uh, when the first uh, paved track was, was created for NASCAR. Um, so the ability to drive uh, carefully and skillfully on, on, on dirt uh, is, is exactly the kind of skill that these guys needed to, uh, on the racetracks of the day. I want to ask you about one possible parallel. I guess it's our last question. You say that before Prohibition, moonshining had been a largely family business and a mostly harmless local one. During Prohibition, moonshiners became sophisticated commercial mass producers. You quote someone as saying it was likened to a gentle home pet that grew to become a devouring monster. I wonder if in some ways that's also the story of, of how this racing began. Uh, first of all, is something relatively quaint and small-scale and grows into something that no one could have anticipated. Yeah, and, and I think you're, you're uh, touching on, on what we touched on a bit earlier about this attitude of, of, uh, of the Southern, you know, man, this don't-tell-me-what-to-do attitude. I think in terms of prohibition, uh, I, I, elsewhere in the book quote somebody saying that the surest way to get a, southern, a Southerner to do t- something is to tell him not to do it. You know, so during Prohibition, when, when uh, you know, the country is told you can't make or drink liquor, well, of course it's going to make that liquor that much more appealing. Um, and I think a similar attitude uh, infects the, the, uh, the, the culture of the early years and decades of, of the sport, where it's sort of a, there's this illicit taint to it in a way. Um, I, I think NASCAR early on tried to get away from that, uh, aspect of, of, its, of its beginning days, tried to get away from those crime-tainted roots um, and clean it up and portray itself as a, as a family sport. Um, but I think the outlaw a- aspect of the sport is what helped it grow in the first place, and, and I think a whiff of that is what fans <clears throat> still like today. The book is called Driving with the Devil, Southern Moonshine, Detroit Wheels, and the Birth of NASCAR, published by Three Rivers Press, and there's much, much more information to be found uh, in the pages of this uh, really interesting book and entertaining book. Neil Thompson, I thank you for joining us today on The Morning Show. Best wishes. Yeah, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. uh, Drivingwiththedevil.com is a website for people to learn more.